Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Greeny makes a good point there, though the possibility of that happening seems remote. We'll get into that here in a second. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. In 15 minutes, we'll speak to Dr. Michael Kaplan, who's an orthopedic surgeon, has been involved with NFL teams, and he'll give us the very latest on Tiger Woods, who underwent emergency surgery. We've got some details coming up on that and get his perspective on the road to recovery for Tiger in 15 minutes. Key number four wants a four-year deal. The Cowboys want to go five. But I think Greeny's point, while all options have to be put out on the table, because you have to look at all of the options there, I think what he says is, is rather remote. The Cowboys have made it perfectly clear how they feel about Dak Prescott. Yeah, they've given him a contract. He just hasn't signed it. Hundred mil, hundred plus million dollars, or whatever the case may be. And and uh, is that what you think he's worth, Key? What do you What do you think Dak Prescott is worth in the market? Do you really want me to answer that? Yeah, yes, he's worth what people are willing to pay him. Hey, don't you think somebody would be willing to pay him a lot more after after this year if he wants to take a gamble himself? But they still can franchise him if they choose to do so again. So I, I I understand what people get all giddy about the franchise tag number being so high, right? You you go and it's thirty seven point something this year, then it it will jump again next year if the salary cap continues to move where everybody thinks it is, and it'll be closer to fifty million dollars. But if they're if if they're willing to say that we'll do it a third time and we'll pay you $50 million or 49 or whatever that number is that's higher, then that's what he's worth to the Dallas Cowboys. I just think ultimately in the end, a deal will get struck. And I know what you're saying, Jay, about betting on yourself. You can't continue to go to the well, man, over and over and over. For what, though? At, At some point, a number is going to be the ultimate number that you reach. And when you start to do the calculations... Okay, so you can get an extra $4 million a year on the open market that over a a four- or five-year period of time, that's 20-something million dollars, whatever that number rounds to be. Is it worth it, though? Is it worth me putting another $20 million, $24 million, let's call it $25 million? Is it worth me putting another $25 million in my pocket by pushing to twenty? Uh, 22, instead of saying, let me grab this money now and not take the chances on anything happening to me so I can secure my bag rather than risk trying to get more money, which is not going to ultimately be that significant I know. in my life. I know. I, I just. But this is, you know, this brother, this is psychological warfare. And we're on the same page with this because what happens is if I do decide to take, all right, less money and secure the bag to a degree, that means that the Dallas Cowboys have won. I win in a way, but ego is your worst enemy in this when you're, when you're negotiating. You know what I mean? And if I'm watching other top five quarterbacks get the money that they're getting, I'm sitting there saying, I know my worth. Like Drake would say, right? I know my value. I deserve the same. So, you know, when are you willing to split ways with that? That's, that's the toughest part about doing these type of negotiations for a guy that actually put it on the line and played this year to get that big-time contract. You know, uh, just real quick before we jump to Dan, my rookie year, I held out for my rookie contract. I knew, I wanted a voidable year, a voidable year. I signed a six-year deal. I wanted it to void in four. And my agent sat there, and he said, I'm not about to agent 
for my next client with you. I'm not mm. going to use you to agent for the next client because anything could happen. The sun could explode. I remember that like it was yesterday. Guess what, Jay? I eventually got to a new contract in my fourth year. Mm. I eventually got to a new deal at the end of my fourth year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it all worked out the way it was supposed to. And I didn't get the void, but I got the new contract. So it was like, you know, you got to you gotta know when enough's enough. Indeed. Remember, Jerry has said that Dak has all the leverage. Yes, that's right. The guy directly negotiating with him essentially said publicly, the other guy has all the leverage. Remember, it's a simple conundrum. You can continue to play for the tag, and if he plays on the tag for the third straight year next year, obviously you're talking about unprecedented territory. But by playing on the tag, those paychecks are great, but you are foregoing long-term security. And that's something that both sides want to give Dak. It's just a matter of how long is it going to be? Let's bring in Dan Graziano, the ESPN NFL insider. What more can you add to the conversation here, Dan, as March 9th looms? Yeah, I mean, there's just not a lot of movement because, I mean, they're just the, – the big picture finances the league are in this holding pattern with, you know, the, not knowing what the salary cap's going to be this year, not knowing what that means for the salary cap next year, um, and, you know, the new TV deals potentially coming in here in the next few weeks. Uh, a lot of things could change. So that the DAC deal and other deals that could be happening right now are kind of on hold. Um, you know, this the idea that they don't want to pay him – I just, I mean, for the second straight year here, like it doesn't hold water. I mean, last year's offer was for about thirty-five and a half, or thirty-four and a half million dollars a year with one hundred and ten million guaranteed. It, they do want to pay him. They have tried to pay him. The issue is over years. Uh, they want a longer deal so they can spread the cap hit out. He wants a shorter deal so he can get to free agency sooner. They've had conversations since the season ended. They know where each other stands. I think they're, you know, he wants to be there. They want him there. They feel like they'll get to it at some point. But um, right now it's on hold uh, because of the fact of um, they don't know how to structure it because they don't know what the caps are going to be the next two years. Dan, that is your last uh, DAC question of the week, I promise you. Just this week. <laughs> for, 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 with us. With us. I know you have other duties that you need to take care of. But let me ask you a big Ben question. It seems like the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger are trying to work things out. What are the chances and possibilities that that does not happen and they move on from big Ben? I think it could look silly 24 hours from now. I think the most likely outcome here at this point, based on everything I've heard is that he stays, is that he's the starting quarterback for the Steelers in 2021, how they get to that point. I can't be sure because the most they can save on the salary cap this year, if he's on the team is about $17 million. Now maybe that's enough. It will just hamper them in in terms of their ability to sign free agents, do extensions with some of their great young players, et cetera. But uh, it sounds like they want to find a way and that he wants to be there. So uh, I think there could be resolution on this here in the next day or two, because there has been contact between the two sides in the last couple of days. And they know sort of what, needs to happen to make him uh to keep him their quarterback could it still go off the rails and end up with him released or retired etc yes it could absolutely could but it seems like all the momentum the last couple days has been pointing toward he stays and he's back and they build a team around him however they can for 2021 dan who is going to be the patriots qb next season and why um 
I mean, you know, how's your arm feeling? Like, is it? I mean, they could have tryouts, you know, and then we may need to get <laughs> may get get up there and see if, uh, you know. And look, I I think they could bring Cam Newton back. I'm not sure that's their top option right now. Obviously, it didn't go great, though. They did really like Cam. Like, I mean, the way he was in the building, how hard he worked, he made a good impression on the coaching staff. So that that's a possible uh, outcome. Uh, we've heard Marcus Mariota brought up as a possibility there. He's available in trade. You know, he's backing up their car in, uh, in Las Vegas, and he's making a lot of money this year. They want to move on. Uh, but it starts to look a little bit, you know, like you're, you're, you're picking over the bargain aisle here at some point. You know, do you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick? Do you try to get, you know, Jameis Winston away from the Saints? Uh, do, you know, the – uh, oh, Dan, Andy don't Dalton say Ryan Fitzpatrick. Key might lose his mind. Key might lose his mind if we hear Ryan Fitzpatrick again. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, he wants to play. I mean, and he, you know, he's been pretty useful the last couple of years for Miami. So Andy Dalton's a name we heard connected to the Patriots this time last year. You know, he's available again. And then, you know, if Deshaun Watson does get on the market, I mean, that's one of the teams that should obviously be taking a look. And there's relationships there, right, between the people in the front office in Houston and the people that run the Patriots because all the Houston guys came from there. So, you know, could that be something that happens? But right now Houston's still saying no. So, you know, I I think the Patriots are in play to take a quarterback or move up for a quarterback in the draft. And that could be the answer there, but that's that's obviously the big question in New England, and there is not a clear answer at the moment. They sit at 15, the Patriots, with the 15th overall pick, their highest draft selection since 2008, and we know what happened quarterback-wise to the franchise in 2008. Dan, thank you very much. All right, guys. That's Dan Graziano on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead Goodyear more driven. On the way, Tiger Woods, a recovery, a long recovery, with perhaps a return to golf, or perhaps just to return to normal life and being a dad. So what does the recovery entail after emergency surgery? We'll ask our resident doctor on the way. He'll have some great insight for us after I tell you about the Undefeated on ESPN+, Plus, which offers fans year-round premium content highlighting the intersection of race, culture, and sports. Check out new premium storytelling, your favorite ESPN films, and more exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPN.com. Make sure to check out the new all-access docuseries, Why Not Us? North Carolina Central Basketball, which debuted on February 12th. The executive producers are NBA All-Star Chris Paul and... By our own Stephen A. Smith. Find the series exclusively on the Undefeated on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Tiger Woods was in a single vehicle rollover accident. Woods has, quote, crush injuries of both lower legs, one of which was a compound fracture. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We have breaking news coming out of the state of California. Tiger Woods was involved in a serious car accident. A single rollover vehicle incident with one person trapped. Woods was conscious when they arrived to pry him from this SUV that they're looking at. The conversation from paramedics at the scene was that the leg injuries were significant, which led him to having surgery. It's very fortunate that Mr. Woods was able to come out of this alive. I just hope the man's okay in, in the golf, whatever. That's probably the best way to say it. Priorities over PGA for sure. You heard all those voices continuing coverage on SportsCenter yesterday. As soon as it happened, taking you all the way through the press conference, and you heard from some of those that spoke, the three men there, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, were presented by Progressive Insurance. A man on the way here in one minute that can really help us understand what's going to be happening on the road to recovery for Tiger Woods as a player and as a father, but I just want to run this from Justin Thomas. You know, Tiger earlier in his career, if he saw somebody like Justin Thomas, a young guy trying to come up, Thomas essentially said he admired Woods coming up like all these guys in their 20s do. And uh, Tiger would probably would have been cold to him. That was Tiger's thing back in the day. Hey, I'm going to intimidate this young guy by just walking right past him with an icy stare. But as Tiger has gotten older now at the age of 45, he has become much more jovial with competitors on the PGA Tour and has far many more friends today than he did back then when the singular pursuit was just winning. He and JT, as he's known on the tour, are very tight. And this is Justin Thomas reacting yesterday in Florida as the PGA Tour gets set for its Florida swing when he heard the news about Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach. Uh, you know, it hurts to see one of your, I mean, now my closest friends, um, you know, get in, a, in an accident. And, man, I just hope he's all right. Um, just uh, just worried for his kids, you know. I'm sure they're struggling. Indeed. Sam and Charlie, his son and his daughter. For more on this, let's bring in Dr. Michael Kaplan, orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine, has a background working with NFL teams, and he joins us on the program this morning. Good morning, doctor. He suffered multiple open fractures to his lower right leg, a rod placed in his tibia, screws and pins. Tell us what these injuries mean and what it might foretell. Sure. Good morning. Yeah, this is very disturbing. It's a high energy injury, which means uh, it happened with such force that not only are the bones broken, which you've heard about and fixed, but there's a lot of damage to the soft tissue, meaning the envelope around the bones, the muscles, tendons, nerves, all of those are injured and crushed, if you will. So if you read the report, not only did they rod the tibia, put plate and pins uh, on the ankle and foot, but they had to do something called a fasciotomy, which is to open the envelope of the muscle so there's not too much pressure to try to preserve the muscle so too much of it won't die or be damaged. And this is a, a big operation where they clean things out, they debreed, and they want primarily to prevent infection, obviously stabilize uh, the fractures and preserve as much function as possible, but they want to prevent problems uh, ensuing, meaning there could be more surgery, more treatments uh, necessary to get them through this. Doc, can you tell us the recovery time for this particular injury? Because I actually broke my tibia when I was playing football, and I have screws and rods in my ankle still to this day, and it was about a 10-week recovery period for me in this particular situation with with, uh, Tiger. What do you think his recovery time will be? 
Uh, Keyshawn, it's hard to predict actual recovery time, and I think this is different than the injury you sustained. Uh, that was likely a lower injury fracture, uh, one for which you didn't have as much crush to the tissue, even though obviously you were hit hard enough to break a young, healthy tibia. This was compaction, uh, the velocity of the car uh, completely stopping. So he not only has to have that bone heal, which is in many pieces, as you understood, through the skin, which means open or compound, and that's got to be uh, protected from infection. That's the first and most important priority going forward. Uh, but then you have to have all the tissues around the leg start to heal, and, and that takes time. He may need further returns to the OR where they clean up or debride areas of tissue. Um, he might need even skin grafting depending upon the damage. So this is something that you do in stages, and with those stages and beginning of healing, you can better predict what the turnaround time is, what is recovery, the potentials for full function, which is obviously the objective here, getting them back. But this is a long, uh, difficult process. It's not a matter of, of days or weeks, but rather months. How, how does this particular injury affect the back surgery that he had several weeks ago in terms of that recovery? Well, as you know, that was his fifth back surgery, and he's been a total trooper getting through all the surgeries and injuries he's had, not just to his back, to his lower leg, his Achilles. Um, so I think it's a very good question because his gait may be some off already. He is healing from the back, which is physiologically uh, a bit of a stress to him. So obviously he now has to look at both areas, the back, which is on its way to recovery, but not yet there and just begin the process for the leg, uh, I imagine this is going to be a much more arduous, a much more difficult and lengthy get-over. That's not to suggest he won't do well. He's a, a tremendously fit and motivated guy, and the hope is that there's not too much damage, uh, and certainly he can get away without the complications that you worry about in the first days and weeks. Dr. Kaplan, I, I've had a fasciotomy on my left leg. I've had a skin graft. I've had nerve damage. Uh, it's a grueling post-surgery rehab that you have to go through in order for something like that. But I, I want to ask you about compensation because everybody says, you know, when he comes back, you, you end up compensating and that's how you end up having more injuries. Uh, can you explain a little bit about how you compensate after you try to come back from an injury like this? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question also. So he's compensating to a degree already recovering from his fifth back surgery uh, we know a lot about the right leg. We don't know what, if any, injuries he sustained, to my knowledge, to the left. And uh, you certainly have to rely on the other limb to protect as you recover uh, from the injured one, meaning he'll put more stress on his left side. It'll affect his gait. It'll affect the ability to which he's able to strengthen and mobilize. So, yeah, that, um, that's a very relevant thing. The degree to which he has to compensate is unknown, but certainly it'll be a factor going forward. And we're going to know a lot more in the next few days. But suffice it to say that this is a, a very hard uh, get over. The first uh, priority, of course, I said infection. Then you start the healing. And later you work toward the rehabilitation and restoration of function, all of which will require some compensation uh, initially, and maybe even later, if and when, hopefully, he gets back to playing golf. Mm. 
Indeed. Um, we can only hope that obviously that last thing you said is something that's gravy. You know, Tiger said in December of 2015, right before he was going to turn the age of 40, everything from this point out is gravy. And sometimes you step back and realize where you are at this particular point in 2021. And if a return to golf is there, that's great. If it's just being a dad for the rest of your life, that's probably more important. Amazing insight this morning from Dr. Michael Kaplan. Doctor, thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. We're all praying for him. It's uh, it's first uh, life and limb, and then you get towards uh, recovery and rehab. And, and he's a guy, if any, that can do this and and we're going to all be rooting for him, I'm sure. There's Thanks no for having doubt. me. You got it. You Never, doubt. ever die. Thanks, Doc. Tiger Woods. That's something Michael Collins told us, our ESPN golf analyst in the first hour. You never say never, but when it comes to Tiger, he gets the ultimate benefit of the doubt after everything he's been able to battle back from. Jay, there on your question, Dr. Kaplan essentially said, hey, great question when you talked about the compensation. And this is obviously because you have some real first world experience with <laughs> this. And I know throughout the course of the interview, uh, certain things you took note of. What, what, what do you have here? Well, when he made mention of an fasciotomy, I mean, that, that's one of the most gruesome things I've ever experienced in my life. Literally, you have an open wound, and they're trying to, uh, it's like an air vacuum where they sift it together, and that takes weeks to sift back together. It's one of the most painful things, Zubin, that I've ever had in my life. I passed out multiple times during uh, those vacu, uh, vacu treatments. Uh, the nerve damage is something that is challenging because you're trying to get feeling back in that leg, and that could hinder you from different reaction, like quick trick. Uh, they say quick twitch fibers that activate your leg and muscles around your leg. And then the compensation part, the only reason I asked this is because when I had these issues with my left leg, when I was trying to do rehab and come out of it, you naturally start to put more weight and start to do more things with your opposite leg. So as I was doing this for years, I eventually dislocated my right ankle because my right leg gave out because I was compensating so much throughout the course of time. Right. And how do you find that equilibrium again? Um, you know, obviously bringing my situation into this because I, I feel like a lot of these similarities that we've both had with these injuries, it, it's, it takes a very long time to recover, especially in a game where you're shifting your weight with your back leg as a, as a golfer. You notice a little bit, Zubin, like, you know, you put so much weight on your back leg to have that force thrust you forward. It, it's going to be very difficult for Tiger to come back from this injury. Yeah, you, you just hear Dr. Kaplan right there talk about how difficult it is especially not only the ankle, but you also are dealing with a back as well. Now you have to compensate to figure out how to retrain muscles in your back as well as your ankle. It's just, it, it's going to be a long road to recovery, but you never, you know, and I know we say this, you just never count out professional athletes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not, you know, it's not <clears throat> built in their DNA. When things are stacked against them, they always come out swinging to try and win. Yeah. You, had to, you guys had to beat the odds to get there. So why wouldn't I give you the benefit of the uh, a benefit of the doubt to beat the odds to get back? Well, yes. uh, it, it, and it, it is that is true, but it's also you have to look at the injury. How severe is the injury? You know, sometimes the professional athletes get these injuries, and it's like you know what I've been through hell and back so many times. You know what I'm just tired. I'm tired of yeah. having to go through this year in and year out and year in and year out, at some point you just say, you know what, I'd rather just be able to walk and play with my kids rather than just keep trying to be competitive on the football field, the basketball court, the golf course, whatever the case may be, because over time it wears you down. That's another thing from a mental standpoint. What is the fight like within you to get back to 
where you were prior to those injuries. But you know what, Key? Basketball saved me throughout my entire rehab process, and I think golf will do the same for Tiger because you have to have some kind of target. You have to have a goal. So if it was me shooting standstill free throws or I remember the first time I had to putt, literally shifting weight from side to side, he'll do all those things constantly because he will want to come back and play golf. Like, you will feel that you can achieve anything you can achieve. It's Tiger Woods. He's won 15 majors. He can do anything he puts his mind to. Uh, Whether it gets back to that full capacity will be something that he'll have to deal with. But I I do think those little things will help him learn how to walk and run and be able to put things in perspective when it's all said and done. Well, I certainly think he will rehab at the highest level because he'll have the best physicians around him 24 hours, seven days a week. But when you get to a certain age, and I know golf tends to be a little bit older in terms of being able to play but when you get to a certain age and you have kids that are young you want to try to preserve some of that youth to be able to enjoy them and play with them and do the things that you have seen tiger do with his son so it'll be an interesting recovery process over the next several months for sure indeed so remember back surgery for the fifth time in december and then this accident yesterday also keep in mind for those that don't really follow golf beyond tiger there's an entire tour, the Champions Tour, for players over the age of 50 years old. I'm not saying he's going there, but to Key's point, you can continue to play this game at a very high level throughout the course of your life. On the way in one minute, a former Cowboy answers this question. When will the Cowboys take a quarterback next in the draft? You know, just in case, fill in the rest after I fill you in on this Sports Center update. Want to start with the latest on Tiger Woods. Single car crash yesterday, as you know, multiple open fractures to his right leg. A rod placed in his tibia, screws and pins inserted into his ankle during emergency surgery at UCLA, Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Torrance, California, about nine miles northeast of the crash site. All of this, according to Dr. Anish Mahajan of the hospital, a statement saying Woods is currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. Much more coverage on Tiger coming up here in about a half hour. The NBA had another thriller last night, and guess who the author was? Oh, yeah, again, Luka. Go-ahead shot with 15 seconds to go against the Celtics in a three-point win. He actually had the game winner with seven-tenths of a second to go, and in 14 minutes from now, we're going to talk about the big NBA game on the docket, Lakers Jazz and why Jay thinks this is a statement game for LeBron. That's coming up in about 14 minutes from now. Black History Always today we honor Kamara Usman in March of 2019 at UFC 235. He came, became the first African champion in the UFC. He was known as a Nigerian nightmare, but then again, key was so, so was somebody else, right? Usman born in Nigeria, left for Texas Arlington specifically as a young child when his family came to the United States. Man, Usman is big. currently He's a bad man. He is a bad man. Currently number four in the UFC men's pound-for-pound rankings. Some people think this is the toughest dude right now that has stepped into the Octagon. Sports Center is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Leverage is the key word. In fact, Marcus Spears used it with Hannah Storm there to talk about the pole position that Dak is in. The other guy that's famously used the word leverage is the guy that's going to be paying 
Dak all that money. Presumably that's Jerry Jones who said Dak has all the leverage. Marcus Spears knows Jerry well, played for the Cowboys. He's an ESPN football analyst, and he joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. I got to ask you here, um, how do you Swagoo, feel? Swagoo, my man. <laughs> how do you feel the negotiations are playing out here? What up, what up, family? Um, man, listen, the negotiations are playing out like they played out for the last previous two years. And, you know, Dak is in the situation now where he can do whatever he wants to do. Last year I felt like he shouldn't have signed the tag because it was going to put them in a tough situation. But they signed Andy Dalton and kind of covered themselves. And then obviously we know what transpired with Dak. But Dak has all the leverage with the Cowboys. They don't have another quarterback on their roster that they feel like they can win with. And they will be in rebuild mode if they let him let him walk. Marcus, I feel like that they're going to get the deal done. When it gets done, I don't know. We've been saying it for a couple of years now. But at some point, the deal's going to get done because it's not in the grand scheme of things. They can't be haggling over that much. Um, but if it does not get done, should the Cowboys draft a quarterback in this year's draft? Yeah. They should, Key, and and it's because of what they did last year. Um, Signing Andy Dalton told you that they they were not only nervous about the contract situation with Dak, they didn't feel like they had anybody substantial on the roster to even back him up. So you go out and get Andy Dalton. Then you think about this year, and obviously you can play your cards with a rookie quarterback because you're not paying them that much money in the grand scheme of things. Um yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't think Dallas knows what Dak will respond to. Um, that That's the point we've got to with this contract negotiation. I'm not sure if they feel confident that that whole play is not to just tag, play another year, and get out of there. So that's another part of his leverage. Outside of being the only QB on their roster that everybody feels like they can win with, now he's in a position to say, yo, we I know you're not going to pay me what the tag is the next year. So he might be wanting to do a one and done. All right. Other way around, they get a long-term deal done, and you still need a quarterback. It just changes the seating and the positioning in which you take one, in my opinion. Marcus, let me ask you this. And you and I and all the athletes that are out there, we know we're not like fans. We don't count other people's money. But for the sake of doing what we do with these shows – we are obligated to talk about contracts and people's money. Should that Prescott mm-hmm. take another shot at a franchise tag, given what happened to him this past season and what may happen in the future in terms of the salary cap? Because we don't know where the salary cap is going to be in the future. Should he just sign a long-term deal? See, that's the conundrum, right? Because that's him, that's what him and Todd France are trying to figure out. Like, where will we be um, two, three years from now if Dak is lighting the league up still and we get a, a, a new new numbers into the fray that are, are dramatically different from what they are now? Um, man, it's tricky. It, like, I heard, I heard the idea, but now he wants to do a three-year deal floating out there. Just – trying to time up the cap, and you know how that goes. Like, once you get the bump, as far as the cap go, you want to be in that in that tier, in that number. We saw Julio do it as a receiver. All these receivers getting paid 
But I'm one of the top guys. We need to restructure this Atlanta. So, yeah, I think that's a part of his thinking um, to, to not necessarily do anything too long. And that was the thinking last year. But, you know, we're a year removed from that. And now he may want another, a less year, three-year deal now. So it, it's a lot of scenarios, I think, playing out from their standpoint because going back to what we started with, they gained that leverage last year when the deal didn't get done. Marcus, let's go to another team in the NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is their QB number one right now, but how likely is it that they'll draft a QB with the sixth pick? I think it's likely, Jay Will, but I don't know if Philly has a lot of issues that they need to address. Um, and it'll tell you how much they think about Jalen as far as where he can go maturation-wise and, um, you know, progress going forward, but I, I don't think if, – if I was to sit here and I want Jalen to have all the success in the world, but if I was to sit here and say Philly is locked instead of their quarterback spot, I'd be lying to you. I wouldn't even feel that way necessarily. Now, you're hoping he, he, he grows and matures into that and, and is able to continue going on and, and do what he does at quarterback, especially with Carson Wentz out of the picture, feeling like that may be his to lose at this point, but – if I'm Philly, I'm definitely exploring um, the quarterback spot because you just – like, we all saw it. We see it. We see Mahomes. We see Josh Allen. We see Lamar. We see Baker this year. Like, these young quarterbacks paying dividends because you're not paying them a lot of money. I keep going back to that. And and that is how the draft perspective has changed. You know, um, Sam, Sam Bradford got $60 million before he ever played a game. That was like the last part of that, you know – we we paying these guys big time veteran pro bowl all pro money before they take a snap. Now you got that freedom and that leverage to you know draft the guy. He don't work out. You don't extend. Give him the fifth year and you move on. Cam Newton was on the I Am the Athlete podcast the other day and said he's a starting QB in the NFL. Is Cam Newton a starting quarterback in the 2021 NFL season? No, I don't believe so. Um, based on what I watched last year, and I know the circumstances in New England, um, no weapons, trying to learn a new system, new scheme, but I saw rookies learn new systems, new schemes. I saw guys go into places and, and do a lot better. Phillip Rivers outplayed Cam Newton last year um, from just from a, a sheer quarterback standpoint. So based on what I watched from Cam last year, no. Well, this previous this season, um, no. I don't see him as a starter in the league. I do see him as a guy that can – be a backup, and you could have a level of comfort with him being your backup and, and seeing if he can continue to get back. He talked about COVID had the effect on him during the season. But Cam threw eight touchdowns and ten picks in this offense. Um, that, that to me, doesn't get anybody a starting spot the next year at quarterback. Just goes to show how quickly things change in the league. A half decade ago, he was the MVP. They were 15-1, and one and they were in the Super Bowl. He was Superman. They were unstoppable. Half decade later, Marcus doesn't think he can even get a starting gig. Unbelievable. It's a big question we'll continue to follow throughout the course damn, of the NFL. Damn, man, man. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> All right, fellas, peace. And this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. On the way... It's definitely going to be five-on-five tonight on ESPN when the Jazz host the Lakers. Huge game, Western Conference Finals preview. But Jay will tell us why in actuality 
it's probably going to feel like five on one. Utah has to be taken serious. I mean, the things that you're seeing out there from them defensively, they play team basketball. They've got LeBron, so as long as LeBron and AD can be healthy come playoff time, I think that's really all they need is, is, is just to get their guys healthy. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. He right. agrees with the back end of that statement. We had John Ireland, the Lakers play-by-play guy on last week, that essentially says any game that's played without LeBron or AD is a wash to him. And you essentially heard our Lakers reporter, Dave McMenamin, say the same thing. Key agrees. Tonight, ESPN double-dip Warriors Pacers first. That'll set up the big one. The Jazz hosting the Lakers. LA 22-10. and 10. Utah is 25-6. and 6. The Lakers have lost three in a row. Jay, how big is tonight for the Lakers? Tonight is a statement game for the Lakers and LeBron James. And it's this, because there's this old saying, Zubin, that my AAU coach used to say back to me when I was younger. One man can't beat five. Well, I've seen LeBron James beat five players. I've seen him do it before. And as we talk about a team who's on a three-game losing streak, a chance to stop the skid on the road at Utah, the hottest team in the league at full strength, LeBron James is out there with a whole bunch of me's and you's. And look, Montrezl Harrell, talented player, comes off the bench. Taylor Horton Tucker, I like the way he plays. KCP, okay, understand. But not having Dennis Schroeder, who's out again uh, due to contact tracing, not having Anthony Davis, a top five player in the league, if LeBron James can put the Lakers on his back tonight and get a staple win, I think it will set the tone that, yes, I am LeBron James, I'm the MVP, even at 36 years old. I can still do what I used to do five, ten years ago. I am still at that level. We'll see if he can do that tonight. Hey, hey, look, I, they don't need to get the win for me. They just need to play well. I'm not expecting LeBron James to put the team on his back the way that he did in the Eastern Conference when the Eastern Conference wasn't as strong as the West is right now. Um, he, yes, he knows that he needs his running mate in Anthony Davis long-term to be really successful in this situation. And Dennis Schroeder is there for him in terms of being a defensive player, high-volume shooter, all of those sort of things. But let's be real. What they want to do is not get run out of the building. Mm-hmm. They want to keep it as close as possible. 
And if they can, if they can keep it as close as possible and still a victory, great. But don't get run out of the building. If you lose by a, you know, a handful of points because free throws were shot in the end and the score looks a little lopsided because of that, okay. Just don't get run out of the building from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Then we would start to say, oh, God, oh, my God, they certainly have got to have this. Much like that McMiniman said right there, is this is an opportunity for people to go at LeBron, what they've been waiting to do. If he doesn't win without his running mates, it's an excuse for people to say, see, he's not this, he's not that. We all know that he needs AD. That's not, okay, he needs AD, big deal. They lost three games in a row. Once they get him back healthy, let's have that conversation. Well, that's been, yeah, look, LeBron ultimately will be judged when this team is at full health, but they have lost their last four out of five games, right? So it, it is a storyline that we will be talking about. Three out of versa, four. Four out of five. Four three out of, out of four. Why do you keep saying three out of four? Because <laughs> I don't count the other way. <laughs> they lost at Denver, then they beat Minnesota, then they lost to Brooklyn, Miami, and Washington. All I'm saying is that, look, and then vice versa on the opposite side, Utah. Casual fans disrespect you. They don't think, I mean, we talk about it. Everybody's like, nobody cares about Utah. Oh, yeah, they won 21 out of 23. Like, is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? Casual fans don't know the name Donovan Mitchell. Okay, LeBron James is there by himself tonight pretty much without AD and Dennis Schroeder. Prove that you're the best team. And I'm not talking about beat the Lakers by a couple of free throws. You're at home. Beat their head in. Set a tone to let them know that, yes, we are the best team in the West. And even when you are at full health. If we beat you by 20 tonight, maybe it will be a game when AD and Dennis Schroeder come back. But without those guys, you don't belong on the same court with us. That's what the Utah Jazz need to prove this evening. Jay, why have the Jazz been so good this season? It's got to be more than Mitchell. Like, What has allowed them to play like this? Rudy Gobert, a guy who's won multiple defensive player of the years. He's an all-star this year named. Uh, you got guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich. He came in that trade from Indiana knocking down threes. They hit threes at an incredible rate because of their floor spacing. And Quinn Snyder, who was an associate coach at Duke uh, when I was being recruited there, then went to the G League, now the head coach of the Utah Jazz, one of the all-time best coaches in the game right now. He is, he is what Eric Spolster was a couple of years ago, that people are starting to recognize his brilliance. And also Donovan Mitchell, he's playing like, a, like an all-star. He's playing like a top 10 player in the league. He needs to play that way ever since Shaq has challenged him. He's continued to step up and rise to the challenge. Well, we'll see what, what Utah is. We'll see what they are. But here's the thing. He, we, I've been watching who they are. I mean, they won 21 of 23 games. I, I, I get, it's impressive. I, it's not like they're just arriving. They've been there. It's just we're finally going to see them on the national stage against an iconic star to see where they stand. We, we, we know Donovan Mitchell's been on fire. We know that Rudy Gobert's there and clogging the hole. And, and we, we get all that. But we'll see what they are against a hobbled Laker team tonight. It's just, and, and we'll be able to judge tonight what they are and have a conversation about it tomorrow. Two things I would mention or if you're, you're a Utah Jazz fan, and I know their fans over the years have been accused of going over the line. There have been some incidents there in Utah, but they have an incredibly passionate fan base. It's the only major professional team in the entire state. You have to think about it but then from this perspective. Are they as good as Jay says? Obviously, Jay says the numbers don't lie there. 21 of 23, incredible, especially after a 4-4 four and four start. It's not like they got out of the gate really fast. They may be the best NBA franchise, and I'd be interested to get Jay's thoughts on it when we have more time to discuss this, and let's see, we'll have more jazz discussions down the line if they continue to play like this. They might be the best franchise 
to have never won the NBA championship. They've been to the finals a couple times, thwarted by Michael, two of the top 50 players of all time in Malone and Stockton. And guys, how much does time fly? That was when the NBA unveiled its 50th anniversary team. Boom, blink of an eye. It's the 75th anniversary of the league this year. So there's a lot there going for the Jazz. Quick trivia time. Key may not like this one. The Jazz have the most wins in the league. The Lakers are third. Who's second? Man, nobody care about that. They ain't got no championships <laughs> now. I'll trump your trivia with that. So the answer to that, obviously, is the Clippers. Jay, I saw you raise your finger. You want to make one point? So here? look, no, it, no, tonight it, is Donovan Mitchell versus LeBron James. It's time to see who's going to rise to the occasion. Two teams that's in front of us. How many rings do they have? Zero total. That's all that matters. Big litmus <laughs> test tonight for the Jazz. The very latest on Tiger Woods. That is next.